For health's sake, a simple chat for better health. I'm your host, Donna Karras. These podcasts are a publication of Amory Hospital and Clinic, Hudson Hospital and Clinic, Health Partners Clinic, Stillwater, Lakeview Hospital, and Westfields Hospital and Clinic. All are part of a nonprofit healthcare organization committed to enhancing community health. I'm talking with pediatrician Dr. Jessica Nigerian Bell about identifying choking hazards and what to do if your child is choking. Welcome, Dr. Jessica. Hi, thank you so much for having me. At what ages are kids most at risk to choking on food? Children less than four years old are really the highest risk for suffering a choking episode that can cause an injury or death. And actually, in kind of looking up some statistics on it, it is one of the leading causes of injury and death in children, especially those under five, like I mentioned. And then On average, a child, unfortunately and horribly, will die every five days in the U.S. from choking on food. So something that we need to pay a lot of attention to, and so really glad to be talking a little bit about it. What is the size of a child's airway? So if you think of a little child, their airway, uh, which we call kind of their trachea or that kind of windpipe breathing tube that they have or that we all have, but in a child, it's about the size of a drinking straw. So thinking about food combinations, sizes, and shape can then pose a threat if it's really the only size of, of a drinking straw. So you think of like a hard candy that's round, that can definitely block something in an airway if it is just kind of that circumference of a straw. What foods are common choking hazards? So kind of the big foods that we think about are going to be hot dogs. So if you cut those in a shape of a coin, that's going to be the biggest choking hazard shape of a hot dog. Other meats like sausages and things like that um, can also be hazards, fish with bones. Things I talk about with families as well that can be pretty big choking hazards in younger children that are just kind of getting the hang of solids is going to be popcorn, pretzels, a lot of those hard snack foods. And then of course candy. So children in general shouldn't be eating a ton of candy, but Really, if you're going to have some of that as a treat, avoiding hard or sticky candy, lollipops, marshmallows, hard candies, jelly beans, those are going to be big choking hazards. And then kind of going into our fruits and veggies. So fruits and veggies are so, so great for kids. The ones that just to be really careful about are going to be grapes, so whole grapes, and then raw vegetables. So like carrot, raw peas, fruits with skins on them, celery, and even cherries because they have those pits. And then moving on to things like cheese and other things that can kind of clump together or either kind of slippery or or that shape of the of the food so cubes of cheese can also pose an issue uh, for blocking their trachea so thinking about you know how can we avoid that because we don't want to limit every food in a child having that child sit down while eating a lot of times they want to play and run around and they can be distracted and sometimes it can be easier to feed them when they're when they're busy with playing but it just can be a bigger choking hazard because they're running around and then may choke on whatever is in their mouth or they're holding on to and then cutting their food into smaller pieces and avoiding those round or hard foods like mentioned before and then always supervising so not 
letting the child be alone while they're eating and always being there should anything happen. Are there any surprising foods that could cause choking? So one thing that I talk to parents about, especially because we do like to introduce the allergens early. So something, one of the early allergens we introduce is going to be peanuts or peanut butter, right? So, but just plain peanut butter can actually be a pretty big choking hazard because it's so sticky. And so talking with parents when they first introduce that, or when you're using peanut butter, mixing it into something like oatmeal or yogurt so it can kind of soften or melt. Um, and then it's going to be easier for the child to eat. Really anything can kind of surprise you from a choking standpoint if the child keeps putting more and more food in their mouth. So either limiting how much food you're putting on their plate when they're a little uh, toddler so they can't put everything in their mouth at once or just kind of talking them through kind of chewing and swallowing and then taking another bite. What non-food items are common choking hazards? Children like to put everything in their mouth. So they explore things as babies and then it can, you know, persist into toddlerhood and so really never never trusting them with any small things. Kind of the big offenders are going to be latex balloons. And we see a lot of kiddos coming in if they've swallowed coins and marbles, because it's fun to kind of see what'll happen if they put them in their mouth or what they taste like. Some marbles definitely look like different candies. And then toys with small parts. So just being cognizant if you have an older kiddo that has Polly Pocket or has a lot of Legos, and then you also have a baby or a toddler just making sure those are all picked up. Things at our house that we have to be careful with are small balls. Our boys love to play with balls, but those bouncy balls that are small, sometimes we get it in our head that it might be a good idea to put it in our mouth. And that is a perfect size to kind of block that windpipe or their trachea. Some things that are it can be more severe if they do swallow it are button batteries. So really trying to keep those away from children and locked away. They can cause pretty severe burns in their child's intestinal tract, as well as magnets. And so just thinking about one magnet is not super scary. However, most kiddos are, you don't know how many magnets they're going to try putting in their mouth. And if they swallow more than one, then sometimes those magnets connect to each other and cause a lot of issues in the intestine. So those are some things to just make sure that those are kept out of sight, up and high away. A couple of things that maybe people don't always think about is your jewelry. So they're shiny. It's They want to look at them, touch them, and then also put it in their mouth. So earrings, rings, any of those, those kinds of things. Things that are common and fun to have are things like beanbag chairs. But if there's a rip in it, all those things inside the chair or inside those fun squishy toys that have all those little beans in them can be a choking hazard as well. So constant supervision is very helpful. I always feel in my household, if it's getting quiet, then that's probably not a great sign with my toddlers. There might be something going in the mouth or, or something else going on. What should we do in a choking emergency? It can be really scary, right? So there are lots and lots of information on what to do if your child is choking. And I usually say kind of the first thing that parents should kind of familiarize themselves with, especially before introducing solids in a kiddo, is how to tell between choking, so turning blue, purple, and then gagging. And so sometimes with gagging, when they're trying new foods, they can gag on the food or turn a little bit red, but they're not going to change other colors. And then in an older child, they may show you kind of signs that they're choking by putting their hands up to their throat, kind of that universal sign, but not every child will do that. And so I usually tell parents 
the best thing is to really educate yourself. And so I really like the Red Cross. They have a lot of wonderful resources um, for choking. They have some great kind of PDFs um, as well as some classes. And I really do recommend to all parents to at least take a short CPR course and first aid for choking just in case an event occurs. Of course, we hope that that never happens. Um, and now how horrible would that be? But to feel comfortable that at least you can be able to initiate some things before the experts come. And so I usually say that the biggest thing is if there is an event happening, call 911 and do the things that you have in your toolkit and that you have in your armament. And hopefully that's some choking intervention and if need be CPR, but be able to call that 911 so then they can come. But definitely those courses are wonderful and the Red Cross, but then also there's lots of other organizations that offer short classes and, and good reading materials on that as well. I've had a couple of patients that have had some pretty scary uh, choking episodes. And so it's something we always talk about at all of our visits because I know it can be a really big fear for parents, including myself. But we also want our child to be able to explore and experience different foods and and fun things, but just in, in the safest way that we can do it. That's great information. Thanks, Dr. Jessica. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. 